Hey everyone and welcome to this episode of Let's Talk All Things LGBTQ+. I'm your host, Annie McKinnon, an authenticity coach, therapist, speaker, writer and podcaster. And if you'd like to get to know me a little bit better, just check out the description below and you will find my website and also an email address where you can get in touch if you want to be on the show or if you have any comments. But today I'd like to welcome Vanessa Hunt. Vanessa is an, an author of two and a half, as you'll soon find out, storybooks for children. And this episode is to the parents who want to gently introduce and share the birth story about donor conception with their child using a simple bedtime story. In Vanessa's own journey to have a family, she looked very carefully at how she could share with her child that he or she is donor conceived. The sweet, gentle story of Ginny and Yuna, two mothers who go about starting their own family on Mars, is the first in a series of books Vanessa has written for the different kinds of families that will need a gamete donor, and I hope I pronounced that. Uh, Vanessa will put me on the right track, I'm sure, later in the in the show. So in order to build their family, the series is called The ABCs of How You Had Me by Vanessa Emily Hunt. For Vanessa, it was so important to set this in the near future with sub-themes of science and space exploration as a nod to the ever-growing need for assisted reproduction in all family models. When not writing, Vanessa has developed a coaching practice to support women who are thinking of freezing their eggs and need a little bit extra support. There is a downloadable free guide called Egg Freezing 101 available now at vanessaemily.com and of course I'll put all the links that you'll need in the description below. Vanessa also enjoys yoga and a good ramen restaurant. So uh, again, I'll put all the links and, and how you can contact Vanessa in the description below. So let's jump in and find more about what Vanessa has to tell us today. Welcome, Vanessa. Hi, pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm I'm so glad you, you reached out to come on the show because your topic is certainly an interesting one that we're, we'll cover today. And I'm sure there are lots of people from the community uh, desperate just to hear what you have to say. So, Vanessa, if I was to give you a superpower right now, what would you want that to be and why? Oh, Annie, oh, my gosh, I love this question. Oh, my gosh. You know, one of the things that I noticed traveling in East Europe um, this year, I was in East Europe for seven months um, at, and around a decidedly lack of English um, in Sofia, Bulgaria, um, I wish that uh, I could keep this superpower because I feel like I was given a superpower while there, and that was suspension of unnecessary judgment based on conversations snippets of conversations that I heard you know being in my own space and and not really being able to understand a lot of what was going on I realized that man judgment takes up so much valuable real estate in the head and um 
you know, just, and just that mindless chatter. I mean, I really feel like I could spend more time in my own head and be out and about and not be, um, I don't know, not as sucked in or drawn in by things. So I really hope I can keep that superpower up. I was very lucky to kind of, you know, come into that and appreciate that experience. That or teleportation. Teleportation. <laughs> That's definitely mine. De- tele- teleportation is definitely mine. But I, I love, I love your superpower as well. Yeah, absolutely, no judgment. But so, where would be the first place that you would go if you could teleport? Ooh. Yes. Um, mm. I'm, being, I'm being cheeky now. I'm throwing in another question. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I, and I'm a huge traveler too. So um, ooh, if I could teleport, um, you know, I'm really feeling like, I don't know, the south of France right now. I could go for that. That or Mars. I don't know. Do I get a spacesuit in this deal? <laughs> oh, you, you can get anything you want in this deal. So it sounds like it might be Mars. Yeah, do some more research again to the into the books. No, that's absolutely brilliant. Love that. So you are very passionate about LGBTQ plus people developing their family, becoming parents. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah. Um, first of all, thank you so much for inviting me into your space and allowing me to speak with your audience and share what I've come to find out as uh, what was largely, um, well, I suppose it still is, uh, a single woman's journey into family building. And though I'm not a member of the LGBT community, my aunts are members and I have um, a cousin who is also a member. And so in particular, seeing my aunts go through their family building experience, um, they ultimately chose to adopt and they're more old school. So unfortunately, the technology in terms of IVF wasn't available to them uh, when they were looking to build their family. But in addition to the development and the um, appearance of the, the technology, the IVF, the reproductive um, assistance um, technology, you know, I, I came to really um, appreciate and admire and also see gaps where same-sex couples looking to build their families um, as a single woman going through the process, I saw and witnessed some challenges that those groups had. And um, it inspired me um, partly through, as I said, personal experience um, to write a series of children's books uh, for parents and of course their children to explain the birth narrative. And so, you know, again, going through the process as a single person um, and realizing that there was a lot of BS to go through, um, you know, and and I don't want to make it necessarily a conversation around healthcare and how there are some gaps in healthcare, but there are some things in place um, that are not fair and um, not fair to, you know, the LGBT communities that need to change. And so this, this came to my attention through my own process. And um, it's quite interesting because I actually wrote the two mom story first before I wrote the single mom story. And I, 
I think that's because of just the the relevance. I um, going through it as a single person. I think it was just still at that time too personal uh, to write about. You know, even through a fictional story, and and so I thought to myself, and this was yet reason again. You know, this can be. Um, while it's meant to be uh, motivated by love to start a family, it can be quite stressful and, dare I say, traumatic because of all the difficulties encountered. And I thought, wow, you know, you know, these parents, and I hope to soon one day be one, um, you know, are going through this stuff and, you know, it, it leaves them almost uh, I don't want to say depleted, but, you know, they're coming out of these potentially traumatic situations and having to family build. Um, and, you know, I thought I needed to create this resource. I needed to create this resource in terms of um, a family bedtime story so that, you know, parents could gently introduce when they choose, you know, this how to introduce the birth narrative because you know parents are coming out of this potentially stressful situation it's just one tool that i wanted to share with them that could possibly make you know that part of the journey easier um, yeah it's, yeah it uh definitely i mean i can't take away all the questions it's not like the you know amazing problem solver but i think the way i wrote the stories it gives enough explanation and I think it gives enough that leaves the child curious that the parent can almost offer in, you know, explanations that are more um, specific to them and how they want to introduce it in terms of timelines and uh, when they want to uh, introduce certain aspects of the birth narrative. So yeah, yeah. So it's, it sounds like parents have got control of what information they want to share with their children and at what time, which is great. And I, I'd really love to go into the books a bit more, but I'd like to go back when you were talking about um, healthcare and not want to make it about that. But I think there's a space here to be able to talk about that and maybe highlight some of those issues and challenges that you yourself, if you're willing to share that, uh, and, uh, you know, that would links in with the community and, and what, what if anyone's thinking about developing their own family, what are some of the things that they may have, you know, they may come across? Yeah, um, what I have learned about, um, but not specifically have direct experience with is, you know, um, after after the birth occurs, you know, the process of, you know, I, I, <laughs> I was almost going to say the word um, ownership, but it's not that it's more like parentship and how that shows up on the birth certificate, you know, um, that the birth mother only can be put down on the birth certificate. I found this very disturbing you know, because there is another parent there, you know, and, and that person has to go through just adoption procedures, essentially. And I, I found that so disheartening and, and unbelievable. Um, mm. And that just really, you know, upset me. And I'm, I'm not even part of the, the community. That's terrible. So I thought, wow, these, that, that's a struggle. And I think could be quite 
traumatic and add to the, the, you know, if there was any sort of stress, you know, in family building that, that doesn't necessarily make it easier. I don't, I don't think absolutely mm. not. In fact, so when you were talking earlier about people, you know, as human beings, we want to start a family and that comes from love, but there are so many barriers in place for same, same sex couples. And I am particularly interested and curious about those challenges leading, you know, sort of pre-birth, dealing with health care. Yeah, um, unfortunately, that is going to be mostly out of my experience set. And I, you know, as a single person journeying through it, I had my, my own sort of um, barriers. But um, here, I think... You know, I, it's probably best if I admit admit what I don't know and not being part of the community. But um, I would say that um, certainly finances is something that probably goes across and transcends um, the groups. And, um, it, you know, access, I think, to, uh, you know, health care in that, in that regard. Um, I found that to be... Um, problematic for myself and uh you know as um it, not so much as a single person in the process but um you know a micro business owner um i had to be uh super conscientious of cost um so those are probably um two areas that i i would put out there that transcend you know the groups but as far as speaking to other additional challenges unfortunately i don't know if i'm yeah i don't know if i don't i, I wouldn't definitely would put myself down as the expert unfortunately i mean it's 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 interesting for sure in, in as far as family building yeah no it, it would be interesting interesting to have someone come on the show and give it from that lgbtq plus perspective to give us that inform information because we're all learning we're all growing and and trying to educate ourselves as much as we can so that's absolutely fine thanks for that uh, vanessa so you have written two books is that right well you know what i, I i'm gonna say two and a half because oh, two and a half okay <laughs> I mean, I finished the single dad story and um, it just, I uh, I had to rework the cover on that one. And so uh, that's why I say two and a half. I mean, the words are done, you know, the illustrations are done, but that one seems to be kind of caught up in the, um, oh, I don't know, the, uh, the, the formatting publishing tube still. So yeah, the first book is the two mom story. And um, that was that's probably you know it's kind of like the first you know i'm not a mom but i'd say this like if i had a first child would the first child be my favorite right so that's kind of because it was the first story and then it's followed by the single mom story uh, both of which are um out on amazon now so yeah they're out in the world and then yeah single dad story um is kind of like i don't know is the problem child <laughs> problem child but we'll get there in the end so what can we expect from these stories and what what age uh would you be looking at what what's it being advertised for children of what ages 
Yeah, I mean, these are written and meant to be sort of bedtime picture book, easy read, large font, late at night, parents are tired. Um, you know, um, I think that uh, reading is, um, you know, there's a lot of benefits uh, out there to reading to your child. I mean, it's very calming. It's a way to connect in the evening. It kind of, it you know, it's, it's, it's part of a nighttime ritual meant to kind of ground and ease anxiety. Uh, for children. And, you know, the specific role that I imagined for these books was to sort of gently introduce curiosity around the how of they came to be. And so um, the two mom story, uh, I also wanted to include sort of like a futuristic um, bend and, and, you know, I was inspired by um, outer space and science as like kind of a sub theme backdrop to the books because I, I think that um, it just added a layer and it's a nod, uh, I believe, to where this is all going. I believe that this is not going to go away by any means. I think families are going to continue to build in this fashion. And so, you know, the need um for resources and there are a good bit out there for um children who are donor conceived is just going to increase so. sure yeah so if if parents are, are listening to this and in particular same sex uh couples are listening to this and going through this process what how how can your books benefit them yeah, my my hope is that, you know, um, parents have already potentially been through enough going through the family building process, you know, encountering um, all sorts of imaginable difficulties trying to reach their goals. And once they finally do, it's kind of like, ah, all right, how, how do we handle um, explaining that they were, you know, donor conceived and while on the surface it may be we would one would could assume oh well of course you needed a donor it's a same-sex family of course but that doesn't make any easier for the children potentially who you know um it, at some point are going to have this um and i spent so many hours thinking about this in my own journey how how they came to be and you know the books are definitely sourced um in love and uh, you know love makes a family and so these books are meant to sort of ease any um reservation uh that parents may have into sort of you know um if they feel like they need to sort of quote unquote deliver this information, th these books are written more to sort of gently um, extend uh, the conversation to begin. And so, you know, I, I, myself personally, I love to have books read to me as a child. It's something I really enjoyed in my, in my childhood. And, um, you know, through the repetition of the story, you you begin to develop well it's like watching a movie you know the second time you pick up things you didn't see the first time and so you know with the books it's meant to sort of develop that curiosity they are written uh, in a way that explains 
you know, who, who the donor is, well, or rather the donor's role. And so, uh, you know, the donor is in there, um, how the um, embryos develop is in there. And so it shows, you know, the caring parent in there. Um, And so these books show the process, but they are written in such a way that the parents can fill in as much additional detail that they so choose as a child here's a story potentially again or depending on the age of the child and so these books are intended for um readers and listeners you know for four to eight but certainly you could go younger i think so you know i think you could go two or three it's really up to um what the parents decide Mm, because because I, as as we said earlier, the parents are in control of how much information they give the child at any given time. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. what? Um, how did you come about developing your characters in the book? Yeah, that was so interesting um, because I wanted the characters and all of the series to represent, you know, as many cultures and as race as as possible and, you know, ethnic backgrounds. So I was very, I was very lucky in that I found an illustrator um, in South Africa who was very uh, sensitive to um, my needs as a writer uh, to sort of translate the words. And so you know, sometimes I look back at the requests of the exchange and I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I probably sound like a jerk, but I needed one of the characters to have, uh, you know, um, basically more, um, basically to have an Afro. Um, basically, I, I needed one of the characters to have that because I felt like it was important. And because she was from South Africa, you know, she was able to take that and go even farther and say, well, would you like one of the turbans that, you know, the women in the local tribe wear? And I forget the name of it. It was like Tutsui or something. Someone in this, hopefully one of your listeners will be like, oh, she's butchering that. No, it's this, this, this. But she was able to throw that on. And I thought, oh, that's amazing because it was also a nod to, you know, the illustrator. So yeah, um, I think we actually put the turban on um, the doctor of this story. So that was kind of neat. Um, and, you know, these, I wanted strong women. I was uh, inspired by comics um, featuring strong female astronauts. Uh, the story takes place on Mars. Um, again, that that futuristic nod. And so um, I asked for um, an Asian character. Uh, a character of Asian descent, and then I asked for a Latina character. Uh, so those are the um, characters that I, um, in the backgrounds I chose to work with um, in in the first story. So it was mm. kind of exciting. I mean, talk about having a blank canvas. I mean, it was just so interesting. And luckily, like I said, I had a, uh, a good illustrator, very sensitive to um, that topic. 
Mm. And it sounds like you went on a learning journey with that as well. I did. I learned so much, so much. Do you have a favorite character in the first series? Uh, yeah, there are um, some characters that um, live on and I wanted them to make appearances throughout the rest of the series because I assume that, you know, you know, the two moms are not going to read, you know, the single dad story. And because uh, the book occurs on Mars and we're all in a colony and we're family building. Um, so the, the two moms were able to make appearances in the single dad story. So, um, yeah, probably I, I'd say probably the two moms because they were like the first. Right. And I, I think that they, you know, they're just kind of like, I don't know. The, like the mothers of the colony in the way they ended up being because they're in books two and books well book mm. three. Oh no we called it book two and a half yeah and book two and a half yeah we did yeah <laughs> so are the the characters based on people you know or just from your creative imagination yeah really the only thing that I sort of um pulled um you know, the single mom story, I used um, my aunt, um, her name, uh, a derivative of her name for the character. Um, but uh, n no, not really. Um, not not so much. It was out of pure. Um, yeah, I mean, just pure, pulled it out of a hat. So Imagination. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll go with that. <laughs> yeah, imagination. Yeah, and and I'm sure that there will be lots of people out there that will be able to to recognize themselves in and the characters that you're bringing to life in these books, am I right? Oh, that would be my dream. That really would to to see and, you know, people can appreciate and, and probably the gold star would be if the child can you know identify you know and and see themselves in that story that that would mean the most to me for sure well listeners let us know get the book so what are the books called so that people can go out and purchase them if they they want yeah um the books are called uh the abcs of how you had me and so uh, the first book is A Mommy and Me, or I'm sorry, uh, My Two Mommies and Me story. And uh, yeah, so it, it's all under um, my name, Vanessa Emily Hunt. And uh, strange thing about, you know, Amazon, um, sometimes uh, I, can't, I can't control which book will pop up. So I don't know, maybe someone out there in listener land knows how to do that. But I've never been able to, like, if I've been looking for the single mom story um, on Amazon, it'll give me two moms. So yeah, I don't know. It's kind of strange. I, I think it's like a, like a thing that Amazon can do what it wants. And so <laughs> they'll give you what they want to give you. But um, just keep looking. Uh, yeah. I come back in and, and hopefully Amazon the next day will give it to you. It's been kind of crazy like that. Mm, so maybe best to search under your name rather than the book titles. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
Yeah, I would definitely put in my name, Vanessa Emily Hunt. Um, there are, I did do a couple of accompanying like coloring books uh, that feature, you know, um, you know, different types of families uh, also in the books. Um, they're not done in the same style, but again, you know, it's, um, you know, single parents, um, you know, same sex parents, um, it, it just kind of like an additional resource, a coloring book. So yeah, Space Family is the name. <laughs> Yeah, I'm definitely, the stars. <laughs> definitely need to check check those out. So what what's next for you? Do you think? I, I I mean, I get that you want to to publish the 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 other book, uh, the Problem Child <laughs> book. <laughs> uh, but yeah, what what's next? Well, definitely, I don't want to forget the two dads story. So mm -hmm. that's probably 2023's project. Um, yeah, the uh, the illustrator, um, yeah, she's kind of like trying to pencil me in. She's crazy busy, but she's crazy good. So um, yeah, I need to uh, I need to get that that story together um i have a couple of other offerings that are going to be coming out um this year uh also having to do with donor conception but um one is probably my personal story um going to you know sophia bulgaria to um you know freeze eggs and create embryos and so i'm working with an, a, Bul a bulgarian um illustrator um so that's really exciting um and um, the um, Donor Conceived Council, I think, I think here in the U.S., uh, they contacted me and um, they are looking for um, some resources to share with parents. And they mentioned a particular phrase, um, gamete donor. And so um, I, I was like, wow, OK, I can put that. That gives me that gives me some inspiration. So I was sure to kind of, you know, go through and, and create a story that, you know, answers that question, what is the gamete donor's role um, in a story? And so that is um, a free resource that will be coming out uh, soon, hopefully um, on, I think it's called Story Origin. And there one can go and access all sorts of um, free um, eBooks, which is really exciting. Uh, and so that's just something I want to put out there. And it, that was kind of fun to create too. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, it's, it sounds amazing. And uh, I mean, while you were talking, I was thinking, what is that about? So are you able to share here and now what, what that actually is? Uh, the gamete donor? Yeah. Yeah, uh, the gamete donor is um, essentially the person who... Um, uh, donates half of their chromosomal DNA. And so um, that is a word. I was very blessed to have the Donor Conceived Council contact me. I, I really was because I did not include that term, gamete donor, um, in um, the series, but I was sure to, yeah, write another story around it that I'm putting up on um, story origin. But uh, yeah, uh, very lucky. Mm, sounds like sounds like a great achievement and yeah congratulations and them reaching out to you and giving you more opportunities but also supporting people out there with more information and resources as well sounds sounds absolutely amazing yeah 
Yeah, well done. Okay, Vanessa, what message would you like to leave our listeners with? If you had one one thing you can leave them with, what would that be? Yeah. Oh my gosh, such a such um I want to I want to come up with something good, but you know, I I think I want to acknowledge um the parents and the parents to be out here and and that is that you already know what to do and you will find a way and so i i i just want to reflect that back you know to those people the um audience and your listeners that you know you're um you will find your way and there's let nothing stop you from building your family mm. so, that's that yeah. old adage isn't it it's like where there's a will there's a way Certainly, one I grew up with, where there's the will, there's the way, and I and I have I hold on to that, you know, in d- different scenarios throughout my life, and I'm sure it'll be exactly the same for our listeners. So, if they if our listeners want to get in touch with you, how can they do that, Vanessa? Yeah, please do. If you have any questions about the books, or if I can share more insights, I'd be so happy to do that. Um, I have a budding Instagram account set up for the books, the ABCs of how you had me on Instagram. Um, And so that's probably the best way. I mean, I check it every day. So yeah, just DM me. I'd be happy to connect and answer any questions you may have. Thank you very much. That's great, Vanessa. Thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. And I'm sure I know I have, and I'm sure the listeners will have got a lot out of that and possibly will have more questions so they can contact you. And I'll put those contact details in the description uh, below so that people can just click and get in touch with you. Amazing. That would be awesome. Yes. Okay, thank you. And I'd also love to thank the listeners and tune in next Monday for the next episode of Let's Talk All Things LGBTQ+. Thank you.